Welcome to the Rise and Thrive Podcast. My name is Liz Paris. And I'm Christina Cyphers. We're sisters. And we have been on a journey to get unstuck in life and learn tips, tools, and techniques to find more success, love, and happiness. We want to share what we've learned with you to help you move from surviving to thriving. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Arise and Thrive. Today, I get to speak with you. This is Liz Paris, and um, I'm so excited to share and actually very, um, it's a space of vulnerability. So I'm a little bit nervous, but very excited to share with you some of my journey and what I've learned the last 15 years of life. (laughs) Um, So this whole podcast was started because of uh, my journey that I've been on and the things that I've been learning and the growth that I've had. And um, maybe some of you have seen that um, I got married this last week to my love my Andrew. Um, And he is my husband and was my husband for 15 years. And um, then just we've been through a lot of struggle, a lot of hard times and a lot of hard things. And um, anyway, we just renewed our vows and and were remarried um, this last Tuesday. So anyway, I wanted to share with you some of this journey because I had a lot of dark, hard, heavy times, and um, I know what it feels like to feel like you're stuck and you have no idea of how to get out of that or how to change it. And I know how it feels to, to lose hope and to struggle in the dark and to wonder how how things are going to change. Like, you know that it's possible, but you're just waiting for things to change and and sometimes not realizing the things that you can do to help have change come in your life. And so as I have entered this new space of excitement and such an exciting time and having so many amazing things manifested in my life and fulfilling wonderful relationships and amazing, um, amazing amounts of peace and harmony. And as that's come, I just want to share with you some of my journey and how I've gotten to this point. So um, I have to say that in order to get the results that you want to have in life, it's so important to learn to manage or harness your energy and your focus, because what you focus on grows and it expands. And as we learn to deal with our own energy and keeping that in a positive direction and a creation direction, um, we can be so much more powerful um, than if we just let ourselves coast or float or just kind of go with the flow of whatever's going on around us. And also to learn how to deal with the energy of other people around us and to, oh, just to harness, to harness our own energy. So I have to share as I'm starting out that sometimes our greatest desire or the spot that we really want to shine in life, like for me, I'll share with you what my greatest desire was, but sometimes that's the area that we receive our greatest resistance in life. You know, we self-sabotage and we have a lot of fear and we have just a lot of pushback 
and struggle in that area. And ever since I was young, my greatest desire was that I wanted to be a wife and a mother. And I wanted to have fulfilling, loving relationships. I wanted to have harmonious, deeply connecting, positive, awesome relationships in my life. And so um, even when I was young, I would make lists of activities that I would do when I was a mom and a wife and fun things and make all these plans. And so I always looked forward to being a mom and a wife. And that was my greatest desire was to have success in that area and to um, work with someone in, as a spouse in great harmony. And so it's interesting that that's where I've had my most struggle in life. And um, in 2004, Andrew and I got married and we were totally in love, of course, so excited to move forward. And I, in my mind was like, I'm moving on and having this perfect life. I had a lot of unrealistic expectations. I'll just tell you right now. Um, one of my mentors and I, the last little bit I, we've been talking about, um, this is Justin Morris. He's been on our show before. And uh, Justin and I were talking about how we um, have an a unwritten, kind of written, unwritten, written in our hearts and our minds handbook that um, says exactly what will make us happy. And we start that handbook when we're really young. And it's like, okay, to be happy, um, I want my spouse to do this and to do that. And I want my relationship to look like this. You know, we, we don't fight and we never go to bed mad. And, you know, maybe it's, oh, when I'm cooking, you know, my spouse will come up and put his arm around me and give me a hug and a kiss and tell me how much he loves me. And he'll jump in and help with the dishes and this and this and this. So anyway, you know what I'm talking about, especially ladies. We kind of make these, I think everyone does it but I can speak for ladies because I'm a lady, but um, <laughs> we just, we write these, these handbooks of like, this is how to make me happy. This is what I expect in my life. And this is what I want. And so as we write these out, sometimes we share a little bit of that with our spouse and sometimes we don't. And sometimes they're just left in the dark and we're like, oh, come on. Why didn't you do this or that? Like you should know, right? Um, so anyway, just with this handbook, I realized this idea of this handbook, I had realized that I had been doing this my whole life and also comparing what I wanted versus where I was at. And um, I've also heard it said that we should stop cheating on our spouses with their potential too. And sometimes I think we look at, okay, what's my spouse doing and what should they be doing? And we kind of judge them according to what they should be doing instead of loving them for where they are. Um, and as this, I've thought about this concept, it's kind of like, say you want a hot tub in your backyard. And it's like, you look out the back door or you open the back door and you, or you look out your back window and say, oh, the hot tub is not there. And then the next day you check again, oh, is the hot tub there? Nope, it is not there. And we just get this evidence going that we do not have a hot tub. It is not there. And it's kind of this black or white thinking. Um, it's not possibility thinking. It's not, um, it's not creation thinking. And so um, over time, you know, we check in on our relationship and we go, oh, nope, it's not where I want it. And then we'll check in again. And oh, they're still not doing this or that. So we, we start to blame and complain 
and we start to see them in a way that isn't negative we t or isn't positive <laughs> we tell negative stories about them we start having a negative program about them and and who they are and and what's going on and so um just to go back in my story because this is this is definitely classic of what what i've done in my life and where i was off and um Andrew and I, as we got married, um, we had already had a little bit of challenges right before we got married. You know, Andrew had this career path and things hadn't worked out. And so there were some perceived failures there that were frustrating. And, um, and Andrew and I, I realize now that our, just even our patterns of growing up and things like that, we had a lot of um, not necessarily optimal examples or of relationships um and just you know like you you do what you see and you know and so like we just took our family patterns and the things that we had seen and known and tried to apply them in our marriage and expected them to work awesome and um so uh, I took on a role as a caretaker. Um, Andrew had some depression come up when things didn't work out for him the way that he had anticipated and um, unmet expectations there. And so I, I tried to take on his energy and his you know, problems and try to help him with that. And it's the same with Andrew. I feel like we both were always trying to look at each other and be like, okay, how can I make this person happy? So our focus was not on ourselves and our own development and our improvement. It was more on, okay, these are the challenges that this, this spouse has and how can I help them fix that? And how can I direct them in a way that's going to help them instead of looking internal? And, you know, it's kind of that classic Bible scenario that Jesus shares of the moat um, and the beam and to be able to cast the small sliver of the moat out of your brother's eye, you need to be able to cast the beam out of your own eye first. And I think as humans, a lot of times we get that wrong. We can see each other's imperfections so clearly and we want to work on each other and fix each other. And we know exactly what the other person needs to be doing, but we don't always go in and check in on, okay, what is it that I need to be doing to help? in this situation or to change or to have a different result. So, okay. So now you kind of know a little bit of the background of um, the basis for how we started out our relationship. And um, just anyone who doesn't know me um, should know. Um, if you want to know me, you would know that I am very religious and that church and spirituality is very important to me. And so, um, as Andrew went through his hard times, he got to a space of a lot of questioning and questioning his faith and, and God and things like that. And so um, I felt very alone in that area. And I felt very um, un, un, like I didn't feel a connection there. I felt um, an absence of connection. And so for me, I had a lot of disappointment there and unmet expectations that I had anticipated having. And um, so Andrew and I just kind of got into this downward spiral of, oh, you're not meeting my expectations. And then the other one would feel, oh, I, I'm not meeting their expectations. I'm not enough. And so we have this story going on of, of I'm not enough and our relationship is not enough and all these things. So anyway, 
um, I let the problems that we had going on dictate what was going on in my life. I had a lot of worry, a lot of rumination. I just thought a lot about, my focus was on the problem, the worry, the trouble. And so knowing now that what you focus on grows, of course we got more and more of that. And there was more stress, more anxiety, more fear. And um, I felt his worries and struggle and he would feel mine. And then we'd feel that oh, lack of confidence. So then we didn't believe in ourselves or each other. And there's just a lot of hurt there. Um, and we started to have kids. And, you know, um, as that went on, I, I lived in kind of a space of hurt and sadness that I wasn't where I wanted to be in my relationship. And, you know, so mom's sad and depressed and dad's angry. And, and so a lot of times I, I would worry and want to protect the kids from that anger. And so just the energy in our home and in our relationships was low and it was hard. We felt, I felt like I was stuck in mud. I felt like it was never going to change. And it had to do so much with my beliefs and my mindset. Like in my mind, it was like, this is never going to change. Like, how are we ever going to get out of this? And um, so there was a lot of giving up. Andrew gave up and I, I gave up on certain times. And, you know, we just kept going. We kept in survival mode and kept moving forward. But I mean, there were often times that Andrew would say that he wanted a divorce. And I would be like, no, like I would cling on to my belief that, you know, I had this belief, um, which I think is good. I, families are important and the strength of the family is important. And I had this belief that our family, we needed each other. And so it's not a bad belief, but I also believe that if you got a divorce, it was because you didn't try hard enough. And, you know, my, my dad had, his parents got a divorce and he had many bad um, memories from all of that. And I just vowed I would never go to that space. Like that was not something I would ever do. And so I clung on to my faith and my belief, um, but I felt very hurt and alone in that. And I, you know, I wanted to have these deep spiritual connections with my spouse and have this strong relationship. And I didn't have that. I wasn't there. I, and I always was looking at my lack, opening up the back door. Do I have the hot tub? No, I don't have the hot tub. And so I just created more and more and more lack in my life. Um, so all of that being said, I have to say that Andrew and I, through this whole time, we loved each other. We imperfectly loved each other and we didn't know how to um, meet each other's needs or validate each other but we loved each other and um, didn't know how to change or get out of that heavy space and it was very consuming but we did have a love for each other and um, so and we went through our different times you know Andrew had depression I had depression um, different antidepressants, different natural remedies. Um, but we hit a major red flag in 2017. And um, Andy, Andrew had asked to move out in that summer. And that was the time for me that I realized, like I had tried to hold this together. And it was like, what am I holding together? Like chaos, like hurt. Uh, depression, like all these heavy things is what I was feeling like we were preserving. And I finally, when he said this time, you know, something about moving out, I was just like, okay, like, let's just do this. Why not? Like, 
we're at the point now where we've held it together for so long, but why and what? And, and, you know, is this a happy way of life? Is this what we both want? And it was like, no. So, um, I had suggested, sure, we could probably do that. Like, let's, let's, you know, separate and see how it goes and give ourselves some space. And then the fear hit in or came in and, 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 you know, at that time we, we decided not to separate, you know, cause there's all these fears of the unknown. And, and so, um, we kind of went on and another kind of, this was all 2017 and end of 2017, um, that red flag came up again and my mom passed of Alzheimer's. We had a funeral and all this family time and I had gone to be, be with my mom as she passed and it was a very spiritual experience. She had been declining for 10 years um, and just not functioning well at all at the end. Of course, you know, the last things to go are eating and swallowing and you know, before that it was toileting and just all of these things. And my, I saw my mom deteriorate. And so it was so, such a relief to see her released from her physical um, restraints and restrictions. And so anyway, um, and being with my family, everything was just very spiritual and very wonderful. And we had so much support. She passed away in the home that we had grown up, I had grown up in and spent my whole childhood. And so, so many friends and family visiting and just like the funeral. And it was just lovely. The, there was such an incredible feeling there. She just filled up the room with her love and gratitude for all those who came. And it was just beautiful and wonderful. So I had this spiritual high with my, you know, growing up family, my family of origin and, and just so much outpouring of love and and at that time, Andrew was with our five boys and taking care of them. And he hadn't spent a lot of time caretaking with the boys. I had always, I had always done a lot and, and not let him do a lot. And so um, anyway, I was in that role of like taking care of everything, taking care of business. And so when Andrew was in charge of everybody, it was just a really hard time. And he was already in a depressive spot. And so I came home from the funeral and you know the first day was fine but I knew the kids had been triggered and Andy, Andy had been triggered while I was gone I knew there was some struggle and Andy confided in me a day after I was home that he had hit a low and that he had wanted to take his life and had attempted but was interrupted and that to me was so shocking you know, I knew that he wasn't in a good state at certain points, just like I had depression at certain points and things like that. But this was huge. I was like, oh my goodness, this man that I love, what if he wasn't here when I got home? And what if the children found him? And I just started to worry a lot. There was a lot of worry and for safety for him and for the kids. And, and I wanted to get him help. But at that time, I, as I mentioned it and talked about it, he was refusing help and I knew we needed help. And this was really close to Christmas. And so we got through Christmas and after Christmas, I was just kind of, you know, faking it for the kids, I guess, trying to make the magic happen with Santa Claus. And so I, after that, I just, it hit me like a ton of bricks and I was praying and counseling and with my family, you know, those, there's some that have counseling degrees and things like that and psychologists and so just asking and, and asking my family and Andrew's family, and what can I do? You know, my number one love in life is my family, my husband and my kids. 
and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to help them or protect them. And so what could I do? <laughs> and as I prayed really hard and, and thought about it, I got a very strong answer from God that said to be ye separate. And so I left. And this started a new journey in my life of like, okay. It, it was a reality check, like, whoa, where are we? And just, I remember the morning I left, it was so hard. I felt physically sick. I couldn't eat. I, it just was so hard. <laughs> and I just put all my faith and trust in God and hoped that this would be the spark that would start some change in our lives. Um, I had no idea how. <laughs> I just knew this was the next step and that God would provide the rest and that the rest of the steps would come as we needed them. And so that started um, just letting the tears flow for a minute here. <laughs> but anyway, um, that started uh, things turning and shifting. And Andrew realized you know, where he was at and the effect he was having. And I realized how I had um, taken on so much and like just entitled <laughs> and there was some entitlement there and some just, it wasn't a healthy spot and I wasn't helping the problem. I was feeding the problem and trying to take care of everything myself. And anyway, you know, we all have our patterns in life and our ways that we deal with things. And then we get to look back and be like, wow, I could have done that differently. <laughs> but thank the heavens that I had received that answer and was able to follow through on that. And, and Andrew, this was his opportunity to have the space he needed to, to start shifting. Um, Cause he had been quite stifled before that. And this morning, actually, I woke up and thought about plants and how plants will grow if they have the things they need. And I was looking up, okay, what are the basic needs of plants? And we all know, oh, soil, water, sunlight, right? And air. And, um, but there's other things too. They need space. If something's sitting on top of them, they're not gonna grow well, you know? The temperature needs to be right. And um, also, not for them to just survive, but for them to have fruit or to reproduce, you know, or to create something in life or be productive. And so plants have these needs. And if they don't have their needs met and they're not nourished, they're not going to grow and thrive. And so this was just the start two year, two and a half years ago of us being like, okay, let's just, we need to thrive. We need to give ourselves the space and the permission to learn and grow and to start shifting. And so Andrew opened himself up. He started doing a lot of counseling and self-development. I started learning from mentors, like, what do I need to do? How can I shift my mind? And how can, and really it was like, how do you change patterns that are 13 years deep? Like, that's, that's a lot. And really it's just small and steady movement in a chosen direction. And it's like, you work on yourself. And you do these small and steady steps, like what can I do to improve and, 
and what is it that's holding me back and looking at your patterns. And um, I picked a direction. My direction was up and I wanted to go up and I knew I couldn't go up and take all the stuff with me that had created all this problem stuff. So I had to start looking and saying, okay, what have I been doing? And I'm like, okay, I've been blaming. I've got to stop blaming Andrew. And I gave myself space to heal and to forgive. I needed to forgive. There were so many layers of like, okay, and this and this, like you make your list of the offenses and you've got to give them up at some point or you drag that with you and it's heavy and it hurts you your whole life. So then also like to be true to my desires, like what was it that I wanted most and to stand firm in what I wanted and, and to be true to me because I had spent so much time in my life pleasing others and just what does everybody else want? And that's how I governed what I did in my day. Like who needs service today <laughs> and like running to help others, which is great. But if you don't have that foundation of loving and serving yourself and helping yourself, you really can't have the depth that you want to really serve others um, at a deep level and a, a very effective, strong level. And so this two and a half years of separation, counseling, working on ourselves, it was, it was a good time. It was a really good time for both of us. And we, we started doing better than we'd ever done before. And um, we, you know, we came back together prematurely at one point, you know, we had a very short separation that first time, but we knew what our goal was and we knew that we wanted to be together, but we wanted a happy existence together and to not pull each other down and hurt each other anymore. And so in um, March, April, May, right in there, that time of 2019, we, I think it was officially April that Andrew bought a house and moved out. And, and even right before that, I'd received the answer that we would need to, to divorce, that that was part of what needed to happen for us to release and get rid of all these old patterns and let go of the past. And maybe if I, if I had been a more forgiving person or something, I don't know, maybe we could have done it sooner, but you know, we are who we are and we have our strengths and our weaknesses and we have to love ourselves for who we are and, and for the needs that we have. And, and so I can't go back and say, what if we did this differently or that differently? This is our process. And I love our process and I love what we've become through our process. And so anyway, um, so we lived separately for about eight or nine months in two homes and we spent Christmas together of 2019, just this last year. And we, it was lovely. There were so many good, peaceful, wonderful moments and and we were still planning this, you know, we had paperwork ready for a divorce. And so we counseled together and we just said, okay, are we ready to bring this back together? And, um, and you know, our desire was to be together, but we were, here we were in two separate houses and, and we asked, well, can we live together at this point? And it was like, no, like Andrew still had things he wanted to work on. I still had things I wanted to work on. We had things that we needed to work out and we still were not in a space where we felt like we could bring it back together. And so we had received this answer of divorce early on in, in the year and so we took all those steps for separation and preparation. And so when we spent this time together at Christmas, 
you know, we didn't want the divorce, but we were just still not ready to move back together. And we still felt like we had things to learn. And so we, and we had worked so hard to keep us together for so many years. It's like, yeah, <laughs> like here we are, you know, we'd been in such chaos and all these things. We didn't, I didn't, we didn't want to go back. My biggest thing was I wanted God to do his complete work. I didn't want to bring it back together and bring it back to a chaos state. Um, I wanted it to be wonderful and harmonious and full of light and goodness and, and that we lifted each other and the boys. I wanted the boys to have bright futures. I did not want them to repeat the same relationship um, issues and problems that we had shown them in their early life. And so I wanted everything to to shift in positive ways. And I knew Andy did too. And so, you know, that started by changing our thoughts, shifting our thoughts and working on ourselves. And so, um, you know, you can only get to a certain point trying to do it alone too. And that's why when we started to separate, we both saw the vision of, okay, well, this is what do we want? And it helped us understand and define more what we wanted and I remember when Andy said, I know what I want. I want you and the boys. And, um, and it was like, that was the first time I think that he had really wanted that. Um, Cause you know, when you're in depression and anger and frustration, you see all the places you lack and the frustration and the things that you get mad at and you don't see the beauty in it. You know, depression is kind of this filter on your mind so you don't see your blessings as much and so I have to say that Andrew and I were kind of like an onion and we just had many layers of these negative patterns and with our brains um, with the negative programming or beliefs that were going on it was messy and so just layer by layer these things started shutting off for us and we asked you know in December 2019 K is it time to bring it back together and we still got an answer of no you need to have the divorce. And that wasn't the answer we really wanted, <laughs> but we knew the end result we wanted. And so we just trusted. Um, so we went forward and we got divorced in February. It was hard. It was really hard. Um, both of us, you know, feeling that loss, that total loss of a relationship and also hoping and trying to trust in each other, you know, that we each would make the best choices for our family. And, you know, you never knew, I, would Andrew find someone? Would I find someone? What Would God have a different plan for us? But we prayed and hoped that it would be that we could come back together in happy ways and healthy ways and strong ways. And so during that time of separation and divorce, this was like God's time to rejuvenate me and to heal me. I had given so much for so many years and I had let myself just get trashed, <laughs> like totally spent self-care. I didn't know what self-care was. I thought self-care was selfish and I didn't understand that in order for me to love and love deeply and strongly for others, I needed to take good care of me and love me deeply and strongly. So anyway, and this also gave us space that we could forgive. I could forgive myself. I could forgive Andrew. And, you know, it felt like a failure in a way, like, oh my goodness, like we failed. Like we, our marriage was a mess. <laughs> 
and what did we create? But then this divorce was actually that final necessary shifting. It brought in into our lives that final necessary shifting that we needed to help us understand what we wanted most and to just help all that. It was like a refiner's fire for us. Um, I think of gold and in the final stages of gold being processed, it has these impurities and it has to get up to a super high temperature right at the end for those last impurities to leave the gold, to have them burned out. And so it was like this final necessary shifting that had to happen and we had to be willing to pay that price. And for me, I had to let go. I had to totally let go. I think this is the first time in my life I ever learned to really let go. I let go of my husband and my family, my kids. I mean, of course, you know, I still have the kids half time and things like that, but it's just different. It's not the same as having this family unit that's together. And so everything I so dearly loved and held so tightly to, I was asked to sacrifice. Um, so you're probably wondering how it did all come back together. And I have to say that five weeks after our divorce, I felt so much peace and so much love and light around Andy and the boys. And I was just a little bit taken back by it. Like, okay, what does this mean? Are we supposed to bring this back together? And my heart desired it so much. And during that time, my brain was screaming out, no, don't go back to what you had, like the, the troubles and the hurts that you had. And I had to do a lot of shifting in my mind um, and letting things just layer off. And just, I actually, God told me, and, and I really felt impressed that I just needed, and just so you know, my higher power is God. I know everyone has somebody different and, you know, but we all trust in that there's, there's a, a force in the universe that governs and that sends what we need, that nourishment and that love and light. So anyway, God, he was there for me and just let me know that, um, that through, through this time, I needed to trust and not try to like bring it all back together and fix it and make it all better, but to just be, to be like a child. And I was just one of my boys just hanging out and playing and we go camping and just do fun things. And Andy and I played and laughed and it was just great. And it was a, a time we needed to just build our relationship in really positive ways with no strings attached. Just like if we bring this back together, it's 100% because we want it. And, and we did, we wanted it and we want it now. And, and it's so good. So, um, uh, about 10 days before we got married, um, you know, I just left that space open to know when it was time and that God's work had been done and that we had been refined enough. So just waiting on the Lord. And um, I woke up in the middle of the night. And it's very interesting because Andy had a dream that same week about me and woke up and was looking for me. And I woke up just wondering where Andy was and why he wasn't in my life and wasn't laying next to me in my bed and where he was, you know, like, is, is it time to bring this back together? And so um, I prayed and I thought, okay, if, you know, I just had this desire for our family to come back together. And I said, okay, if this is not the right timing, you know, let this pass and help me learn the things I'm supposed to learn. And, um, 
tried to go back to sleep and couldn't. So got up and prayed some more and I received several answers that night. Um, I felt strongly that marriage is ordained of God. I felt strongly that God had required this offering at my hand and that because I had um, sacrificed that um, I had been forgiven and that Andy and I were in a spot now to go forward and that God had made a way for our escape from this old heavy way of life and that we could have this new way of life. And um, also felt that I needed to cleave to Andrew, number one, just that he needed to be, well, I should say number one is God always in that relationship. Um, and to always keep my energy separate from anyone else to be able to stay connected to God. But if I can connect to God, then I can connect so deeply to everyone else, if that makes sense. And so then that second most important relationship would be with Andrew. Um, so anyway, it was a really cool, cool night. And I got up and I wrote Andrew a text about marrying him and going to get our wedding license or our marriage license and things like that. And so just super happy, super great. And I had things reconfirmed to me one more time. Um, this was really cool. I just wanted to be sure, like, okay. And I went out on a Sunday morning a couple of weeks ago now and just went out. We live in Twin Falls and, and we have this gorgeous Snake River Canyon. And I sat on the edge of the canyon with just out in nature. It was kind of a cooler morning. Some storms were about to come in and just overlooking the Snake River and the beautiful canyon and just thinking about life. And I saw the two sides of the canyon and anyone who's been here knows how big the canyon is and how wide it is. And there's a spot where it's the most narrow together and there's a bridge there, the Prine Bridge. And as I looked over, I thought, wow, the two sides are so far apart from each other. And I wasn't even thinking about anything in particular, but I just saw the canyon and was thinking about it. And all of a sudden I was reminded of a time when um, my, a friend of mine, I had talked to her a few months back and this was when my heart was really wanting to bring everything back together. But my mind was like, but what about all the hurt and this and that and the evidence that this can't work. And um, so I had these two struggles going on and, and this dis, dis, like this dividedness, I, you know, a house divided cannot stand. And I've really learned that in my life. But so I needed unity on this, you know, because I had this desire to bring it back together, but my mind kept being in a space where it wasn't ready. And so I... I told her about it and she said, well, wow, trying to go from being divorced to happily married is a big jump. And she's like, maybe you need some stepping stones to get you there. So, you know, I kind of let that just sit for a while and, and thought, okay, well, God will take care of the stepping stones because <laughs> I don't know what all of them are and I don't know how to do it all. And so, um, and in the past, I tried so hard to do it on my own too. And, and that's what I've learned is to trust and to rely on God and to rely on your partner, all very important things, but that's, you know, a little side note. Anyway, so I'm looking at this canyon and seeing the distance, and I remembered her comment of, well, yeah, you just need something to, you know, help you get to the other side, and all of a sudden, 
a voice came and it said, yeah, those two sides, yes, they are far apart, but there's a bridge and you didn't have to make it. It's there. It's there for you. And there it is. Go ahead and cross. And yes, you'll want to keep your hands on the steering wheel as you're driving across and, and steer your thoughts and your energy in a good direction so that, you know, you wouldn't go off the side of the, the bridge or whatever, but stay on that bridge and you will safely get across. And as I looked at this bridge, I knew that God had come in and provided those pieces that were missing. There were missing pieces. There were parts that were so hurtful. There were um, desires. You can't give anyone the desire to be happy and to make things work, but there were desires that were lacking that we needed to move forward. And then it had all appeared. It had all come through our sacrifice of going into this space of healing, which our space of healing was divorce and separation. And so by going there, we were rewarded with this amazing bridge and all these pieces that were there. Um, having said that, I'm not promoting divorce in any way. Um, I'm the last person that would ever want divorce. And so I, I'm not saying this in any way for anyone out there that's, you know, considering these things. I'm just sharing my story. And this is my story. Your story is totally different and you will receive the inspiration that you need to solve your problems and things of that nature. Um, and I love Matt Townsend's um, episode. So go look at that if you haven't yet on our podcast, but he talks about how to nurture relationships and he talks about how if you don't nurture them, you have a starved relationship and all the elements of starved, it's an acronym to help bring a fruitful, strong relationship in. And so anyway, I just, I encourage you to go there and, and if you have questions of what do we need, what are our missing pieces? Um, start there and see and educate yourself. What does a relationship need? Just like what does a plant need? If you don't know how to plant things in a garden, you could do some research and find that out. It's the same with relationships. It deserves our attention. <clears throat> it is one of our most important reasons for being here. Relationships is where we grow the very most. And I, I know this is so true. I'm so grateful for the ways I've shifted and changed. The other morning I was writing down, okay, what have I learned through my process of separation and divorce and the space to learn? And it, seriously, I wrote down 37 ways that we've shifted and changed. And especially just in my own self, how have I changed? 37 ways. And I just have to say that I love Andrew so much. He is such an amazing man. He's so attentive to me and our children, so helpful and just strong and courageous in what he wants and, fir and firm. He wants this family and I want this family. And I'm so grateful for that. And I love that we were both able to get to a space of, of um, loving God and putting God first. And we'll never be perfect on this planet. But I love that now we're in a space and I'm fine with that now. Like before I would have desired that and wanted to hide up my imperfections. And now it's like, no, I, we're learning, we're laughing, we're growing. And so even just sharing the story, you know, it's a space of learning and, and, and growth and accepting where I've been and, and what our process, like trusting that that's what we've needed and 
it's just a place of peace now for us. I'm so grateful for the harmony that's in our family and that we're working together and we're not all headed in a different direction. Um, I am, I'm dedicated to feeding me and to my own personal self-development because I know that will feed my family and will help them to reach their, their greatest potential. And this has been my journey of arising and thriving. And I have so, so, so many lessons and treasures, golden nuggets that I've learned through this process. And so I will be sharing those and Christina will be sharing hers. And, um, you know, we've had a few requests from people that they want to hear more about our stories and where we're at and what has brought about the changes in our life. And so today was just a quick background um, and a celebration of the good, abundant blessings that have come about. And I'm so grateful for that. There were times, you know, in the middle of all of this where I, you know, would wonder what's going to happen and, and just like worry. And then I'd have to stop all that. And I would try to go to a place of visualizing my family in this amazing, loving, connected space. And then when I would feel that, I sometimes was brought to tears because I knew that something so good was coming because when we, when we take the steps and we do the work, but we trust also, and we allow the process to happen, then so many good things come in. And I'm just so, so grateful for the amazing shifts that have happened. So super excited to keep sharing with you. You know, it's not rocket science or a mystery to change your life or to start thriving. It's a recipe. Like, it's just like with these plants. The plants need the water. They need the light. They need the air and the space. They need the right temperature. They need um, the nutrients that they need. And it's the same with all of us. We are growing. We're alive. We need, we have needs. And so as we meet those needs, we will meet the needs of not only ourselves, but those around us. And then we'll be able to not just survive, but to thrive and to produce and to create in our lives. Thank you so much for letting me share today. And we hope you join us again for amazing tools and techniques and lessons learned on how to thrive in life. Have a wonderful day. Arise and Thrive is now offering a vision board masterclass. It starts at the beginning of the month and goes through the duration of the month. We meet one time per week to learn new tools and tips to help you reach your goal. We also have daily accountability calls to help you stay on track. Our listeners that have already taken this class absolutely love it and are even repeating the class. To register for upcoming classes, please visit ariseandthrivelife.com or click on the link for the show notes below. Have you been enjoying the Arise and Thrive podcast? If you submit a review, we have got an offer for you. Click the link in the notes below this episode, enter your name and your email, and we will send you a free copy of our valuable Beginner's Guide to Managing Your Emotions.